The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us as always is Fishing Rick. How are you, mates? I got the man flu, Macca. The man flu? The you COVID. told up and come on, so I have anyway. So uh, I'm laying on the couch with my chicken soup oh. and uh, just... Uh, chicken just crimpies rest. with the French onion dip. Oh, I, I need some of that. Have you ever made your own homemade French onion dip? No. Cream cheese and packet French onion soup is all you need. Is that it? That's it. And it actually tastes pretty darn good. Mate, that sounds uh, too simple. Just don't go too heavy with the soup. you really got to um, go light and, and add a little bit more. you got to adjust. It gets, it gets strong pretty quick. And, Fair uh, enough. Yeah, but give it a go. Fair enough. Sad day today, mate. Very sad day. Why is that? Crows won. Very sad. I know. What the hell's going on? The run is over. We seem to... uh, Teams that play us don't back up too well the next week, do they? Well, look. Hawthorne, we're coming off a four-day break. The Crows have had a nine-day break. So, you know. Some might say that the AFL doctored it (laughs) so that the Crows wouldn't go winless. Some might say That's a shame. I mean, it would have been more of a talking point for them to, to be winless, though. Anyway, shame on the AFL and the Crows. Now, nah, the well. story good for why it lasted. Oh, I'm glad that it's Hawthorne that lost to them. Fuck them. Yeah. You mean Port Light? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, let's get what? into it, mate, and talk about our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the game on the weekend. What was your... We'll start with our hates this week, mate. What was your hate? It's a close. This, this is a. This is the first time ever I've had this hate, Macca. Mm. I hate you, Macca. Oh Jesus! That's what have it. I done? You called us West Coast supporters. <laughs> I did too. I, I did too. Yeah, that caught my eye, and I can't. There'd have to be no more offensive accusation than calling us <laughs> a bunch of West Coast supporters. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, honestly, the last, like, two years, the amount, all that you hear at Port Games these days is just booing. It's just booing. Like, we've just forgotten the rules, I think. Like, not every tackle is holding the ball and doesn't deserve to be booed. Like, Actually, Jesus. I, I I missed a lot of the game live, and I watched. I read the comments, then watched the replay, and um, I actually didn't think the third quarter umpiring was that bad. They had a couple of howlers, but actually, I didn't think. I didn't even. I, I didn't notice the umpiring at all. What was the free kick count? I, I, I have no idea. I didn't look, but twelve to sixteen. It's not that bad. The supporters, our supporters, were going off in the chats, but. Um, I didn't notice that watching the replay. Once the emotion's out of it, I guess you look at it differently. But, um, yeah. but mate, calling us West Coast fans, that's... Well, uh, if, if the like, shoe fits, mate, if the shoe fits, I'll, uh, I'll put it on. I'll call you it. Be, you should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed. <laughs> and I, I, I hope that I'm now the most favourite uh, podcaster on this podcast now, <laughs> after you've just 
been Mate, you, you always have been the favourite. Come on. After after your treacherous comment against us fellow support supporters, <laughs> abysmal, 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 mate. You should be shamed. Terrible. Let's let's continue. Terrible. That's person. enough. That's enough of picking on Macca. <clears throat> well, my hate is uh, very simple. Another goalless quarter. Once again, like we we just can't help ourselves, can we? Like I don't understand what it is that um, leads us to uh, to go goalless on such a regular. Um, occasion, you know, like uh, it would be interesting to see what um, what teams on top of the ladder and how many uh, goalless quarters they've had over the years, really, because I yeah. think we're up to four or five this year, which seems high for a team that's uh, coming top. Uh, I think that's a job for Russell Ebert Hamble to uh, <laughs> to investigate that one. Yeah, Essendon's <clears> going off <throat> the second quarter at the moment. Yeah, well, that's good for them. But, uh, yes, just frustrating. They uh, they just completely shut us down in that third quarter and we were just unable to get any sort of run or forward play going at all. Uh, we had a couple of opportunities. We uh, we just fluffed it, you know. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It's been a, a bugbear of ours for a few years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the problem with a goalless quarter is, like, you know, no scoreboard pressure. It just takes the pressure off the opposition, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, and puts the pressure way back on us. And uh, and history is showing when we do that against the better sides, um, that usually is the the game in that quarter. Yeah, that's right. Well, what was your love this week? Uh, I don't know. It was. Uh, I was really hoping for a 10-goal win like a lot of the supporters, but um, I guess I love the re- renaissance of um, Robbie Gray. He had a, you know, I mean, we were questioning, or you were questioning at the start of the season that his role in the side, you know, where, whereas I, I just strongly defended him that whole time. <laughs> I, had blind, I had blind faith, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what a great game by Robbie, you know, 29 disposals, multiple goals. Obviously, that broken foot really played in, uh, an issue <clears throat> in the beginning of his uh, season, but uh, yeah. he's coming good at the right time. It was an amazing game, an amazing performance by Robbie. Really turned back the clock, and uh, you know it was one of his, well, definitely his best game for the season, um, and probably one of his best in the last couple of years too. Like uh, five clearances, six tackles, two goals, twenty-seven touches, thirteen contested possessions. You know, just to see him dominate in the midfield again was great to see. It might be one of the last times we get to see it. So um, I was in awe watching him on the weekend. He was just fantastic. Well, I mean, his probably his biggest liability in his peak career was the easy shots that he missed, um, and he's really refined that uh, this year. You know, he uh, yeah. he's only missed a couple of sitters, which every every player does. But you know, he's uh, goal kicking under pressure and. Um, and consistency of goal kicking, I think, has really been a an elevation this year for Robbie. Yeah, look, he's coming into some great form too. Like you know, it's the third time in four weeks that he's had over twenty touches. He's kicking goals. He's getting the ball. Um, it was just nice to see him play in the midfield again and have that sort of match long influence on the game. I thought it was great. Yeah, a well deserved love there, mate. I have to say, um, my love is uh, Todd Marshall. The Todster, yeah. back in the side, 
Only the three kicks, four handballs, just the one mark. Didn't trouble the scorers at all, but, um, you know, he allowed Dixon to dominate, I thought. You know, I think he's just... You know, the stats prove that he's very important to our team and uh, and us winning, and I think that showed on the weekend again, where just his presence in the team just, you know, demands attention from another defender of the opposition, and it just opens the door for Charlie to um, to take some clean grabs and have some more shots on goal. Mate, you uh, you see things differently to other people, don't you? Um, mm. A lot of people were vomiting in their wheat picks over Marshall's performance and uh, questioning whether uh, he's going to be in the side coming into finals. Yeah, well, look, on a personal note, he didn't have the best game, clearly. Like, he didn't didn't really do a whole lot at all. And look, I was pretty critical of him in the first quarter because he was... It seemed like when we were kicking forward, both Charlie and Todd were standing right next to each other, which just meant that Aaliyah was coming over the top and spoiling Charlie every time he went to go for a mark. Um, but as soon as Todd um, sort of moved away from him and played more of a foil role somewhere else and uh, and drew Aaliyah Aaliyah away to the point that they had to play him in the, in the ruck in the third quarter, um, that really allowed Charlie to get into the game a bit more and, and take some stronger marks and, and hit the goal scoring, which was great. And that look, that's what we need. We need that. Uh, we need that. Um, we know that Todd can play um, better than what he played on the weekend, um, and I'm sure he will again next week. Is he the new Doreen? Uh, maybe. Maybe they're not too dissimilar. I think. Um, is, he, is he underappreciated by the supporters at the moment for what he does? I think Todd's had a, a very good year. Oh, um, I don't understand why anyone would suggest otherwise. Like, he was excellent to start the season. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's missed quite a lot of games through injury. I think maybe people just have short memories. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, he was great think? against Gold Coast, great against Adelaide. Uh, he was really good against West Coast. Uh, excellent against Carlton. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's had a really good season. Would you uh, would you take the new to be fifty game AFL player Archie back into our side? No, nah, probably not. No, you no. couldn't you couldn't see him slotting in there at the half forward line. No, not really. No, I th- no? I think he looks good in West Coast team, mate. About to be a fifty game player, superstar. Yes. Have we determined what? Uh, what I'm supposed to get for that bet? Do we have to go back to the archives? <clears throat> I think it's fifty bucks or something, mate. That's probably a bit right. Giddy up, fifty for fifty. Hey, um, and just uh, in other form of Port Adelaide player news, I see uh, Jared Polix uh, going to be shipped around. <laughs> yep. Would you take? Would you take? Be careful what you wish for, I guess. But look, he's getting paid, so he probably doesn't care about anything else. Would you take him back? Definitely not. What if what if it was like we only need to pay like three hundred grand of his salary? Definitely not. No. Do you think it was uh, too a bad? Destabiliser? What was that? Do you think he was a destabiliser? <clears throat> I don't know if he was a destabiliser or such. I just think he's a. I don't know. I just think he's in it for himself. That's yeah. All it is. He's just money hungry and. Look, 
he's what 10 11 years into his career at the moment and um you know he's about to go to his fourth club and he's probably not really highly thought of at any of the clubs that he's been at he's going to end yeah. his footy career with you know no reputation which for a player of his um skill level is pretty pretty sad really well, I guess you've got to say that the players that have left um, and the uh, how the team is performing now, obviously those players weren't team-orientated players. You'd have, I think that's a fair assertion to say from a fair chunk of those players that are no longer here and how they're performing at their new clubs. Yeah. So, the, you know, we, a lot of us fans were sort of, upset with the removal of those players but I think the coaches have been and the list managers have been vindicated for their decisions eh? Yeah I don't think anyone's really bitten us too much um, at the moment Um, Dean Bogan on the speaker chat he says uh, his hate is no grand final at Adelaide Oval and uh, his love is Pow Pepper which is great Sam obviously uh, signing a three year deal which is uh, absolutely fantastic um, Porsche has said, uh, you get nothing, Rick, as you owe me a box of tea from a prior bet and went double or nothing. So you get nothing. Get out. So that's bad luck. And Dean, Dean Bogan has, Dean Bogan's also said, uh, Polek is not a good teammate. He doesn't play for the jumper. And you'd have to say that's probably fair. Um, you know, he can run around getting touches all he likes, but there's no defensive side to his game. And he does make a lot of mistakes down back. Uh, when he's uh, stuck down there. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want him back. I do miss the pit dog, though. Yeah, nah. 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 Definitely not, mate. Definitely not. Nah. Mate. Where's your Def- loyalty? Definitely not. Well, look, let's get into our uh, review. It was around 14. It was at Adelaide Oval. It was Port versus Sydney. And uh, Port led from start to finish to come away with a, a pretty comfortable 26-point win in the end. 11 goals, 7 to 7 goals, 5. Charlie Dixon was the star up forward with four goals, whilst uh, Robbie, as we mentioned, kicked two as well. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, mate? Well, I liked your observation that um, supporters' expectations of continuous 10-goal wins are sort of are out, of the, out of reality when there's only been, what, what you said, six for the season. Yeah. Across the week, so um, but I thought uh, I thought we're making progress on our form. Um, we uh, the third quarter. I, I sort of looked at the third quarter interestingly on replay, and um, I didn't think it was a horrendous quarter. We, uh, you know, we we had our missed opportunities. I mean, I, I don't know. You were there. The wind was obviously a, a bit of a factor. Uh, in the game, but um, you know we we uh, we were competitive, and then that yeah that third quarter was just a bit of a uh, I don't know we we just didn't win any midfield. That's what it looked like, and I, I guess we've got a stoppage midfield, haven't we? You know, with Pal Pepper, Wines, Rockcliffe, uh, Travis, even Robbie. Uh, you know, we don't have busting leg speed midfielders, yeah. um, and I guess. Because there was minimal stoppages in that third quarter, um, our midfield was really non-existent, um, which meant that, you know, it was just like, 
a defensive flood from us and just uh, stymieing the, the flow or attacking flow of Sydney, which it, which I sort of reflected on. I didn't think it was a bad thing, um, you know, because we have to, against the good sides, you're never going to have 100% domination of the play. So, you know, I mean, it was good practice for us to uh, to see how we could go not having possession and, and sort of reducing the scoring power of the opposition now. Was that an intent of the coaches to see that in the inside the game? Who bloody knows? But mm. uh, you know, you'd rather not. You'd rather just see the the players be able to win. But sometimes it's good to see the team in a in a, a, a position of adversity and how they can handle it. And you know, the defence in numbers stood up well um, in that third quarter, and we really we you know for their dominance, they didn't really have much to it. So, but I guess the the concern for us is where you know when that midfield goes, it goes really badly. And as we saw in Brisbane, the second quarter, Geelong for the whole game, um, and St Kilda in the last, uh, it's costly. And so that's probably the alarm bell for us. How how do we get um, the midfield involved when there isn't uh, many contests? Um, but outside of that, you know, yeah, the... The regular players played well. Charlie Charlie did what he did. There was a little bit better delivery, but it could still be better. Like you said, Marshall came back, got some runs on the board with his legs, and the same for the other players. We'll get Houston back this week, Laddams back the following week. Um, you know, so we did what we needed to do. Yep. Look, I, I can understand some of the disappointment. You know, you're five goals up at half-time. You only win by 26. Um, you know... I think a lot of people at the ground probably would have thought, yeah, we're on our way to a 10-goal win or an 8-9, 10-goal win or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, a win's a win. We're still winning. You know, we played pretty well. Um, Sydney were able to shut us down for a quarter. But outside of that, we we led the way pretty well. And you know, I, I came away not super happy, but uh, content with how we played and the fact that we're still top of the table. We keep winning the games that we have to win. And we're doing what we have to do. Simple as that. There's yeah, I mean, no, look, no frills, uh, no frills result really. You know, we don't really have a reserves side this year, so you'd have to imagine the coaches, if they're confident that the results done, that they're going to have to do some training in the actual real game time. It's it's just the necessary evil of this season, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not saying that we the coaches wanted us to suck on purpose. But um, I just have a feeling that we have to do some training drills in, like, real game time simulation. It's just how it is. So, you know, so we, we could, we're we going to learn more through our deficiencies than we are just by steamrolling opposition. You know, it's, mm. you know, if we, if we had a 10-goal win and we just kept winning it out of the centre and getting it forward and, you know, it was a bit of a training drill... Um, I don't actually know what we would really take away from that as a coaching group. Um, you know, I think there's more to learn from us being on the back foot and how we handle it sometimes. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, like you, yeah, we we got the win, so uh, that's what we want. That's it. You mentioned the midfield before, and look, they they dominated at the stoppages. We won forty six to twenty six at clearances, um, but disposals were even. Inside fifties were pretty much even. Um, I didn't think the midfield was that much of an issue, except for the third quarter when Alira Liu went into the ruck and 
and started to to find a bit of the ball and, and get it their direction. But the main issue in that third quarter was just our inability to transition the ball from the back line to anywhere near our forward line. Like we just, I don't know, Sydney's press was just a little bit too dominant and we just couldn't get past it in any sort of way. Um, and that was probably a little bit disappointing, but once we got our hands back on the ball again in the last quarter, we were able to dominate possession, dominate play, and uh, and come away with the result. So, yeah, what, it, what it about, is what it is. What about the uh, the heart in the mouth slash comical opportunity in the third quarter from uh, Butters? That was probably our best. Yeah, you know, and then it was like, what the hell's going on here? Nearly tripped over his own feet, and then oh my god, mm. uh, yeah, I felt like I was on a in the first quarter, way. yeah. Yeah. Was it first or last? Uh, first. Third. first. First. Yeah. Um, was it? Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah. Shows how well I'm tracking. <laughs> um, but anyway, see we're talking about it. What, hap- what happened there, Mac? I-, I thought maybe he lost his quad. You know, that sort of, you know, when the le- legs go underneath, that's sometimes a quad injury. And then, uh, and then Buddy nearly hyperextending his uh, leg. It was like, that was diabolical. Well, you know, you play on these substandard ovals like Adelaide Oval, which has never been any good. You've got to watch out for those potholes, mate. Like, uh, there's just too many across the uh, across the stadium, unfortunately. And he just happened to find a couple on the way towards goal. But mate. on a serious note, who knows? Like, uh, I don't know if he... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I really don't understand how that can happen. Um, Porsche would have been crying at that time. Oh, I mean... The potential... Risk of it, it looked like <laughs> I mean, I was worried that he'd done his knee or something drastic yeah. like that, but I mean, I just don't understand. Like, it, clearly, the first little hiccup where he sort of half twisted his ankle, I think that led to the more serious one where he, um, a few steps later, where he sort of hyperextended his knee a bit. But geez, like, I don't know, as you said, heart in the mouth sort of stuff, and no one wants to see that. And it was just, yeah, just one of those sort of comical things where, you know, running into an open goal and suddenly it looks like he's, so he's been shot in the back and he falls over and you think, what the bloody hell's happened there? How does that happen? But and the thanks, other, thankfully he was okay and still played a pretty decent game. So. And the other incident um, from the game that's a talking point is Brad Ebert. Does the, does the club need to make a call on a player? Oh, this will be his last year, no doubt about that. But do they need to? Do they need to cut his year short? Uh, you know, like, I well, mean, look, as they said, like he didn't have concussion; he got a cheek knock, so it was a little bit different. Um, but yes, it is definitely concern. I wouldn't play him until finals. From now, I'd, I'd rest him and, um, uh, I and bring think- him back then. You know, I mean, I think he's playing well enough to still be in the side, even though, you know, we were at the pre-season, we we're questioning his role. Um, but, I mean, all respect to Brad and his family. I just, for me as a supporter of, and a follower of a human being, um, you know, he's done his hard yards. And I know that he would want to play finals and potentially be part of a premiership, and he's not going to let that go. But I, I just think from a player welfare perspective, enough is enough. Yeah, you know, I just think the club has to tap him on the shoulder and say, "Mate, we got to look after you here, buddy." And uh, it's definitely I, a concern. It is definitely it's... a concern. As I said, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play him for the last four weeks, and I would, I would save him for finals and let him have a run at finals, and and then say, "Mate, time to uh, time to knuckle down with your family life and your winemaking and all that sort of stuff." 
Yeah, well, we've we've got enough. We'll uh, we'll be going to his winery after the season's finished. So that's a win in itself. Hmm. So, uh, yes. but yeah, anyway, uh, that's my view. I, I just I just think let's just get the club out there, have some have some kahunas and uh, and call it day for him, like yeah, and respect hmm. him for the player he's been because uh, I'd hate to be a sixty five year old. Uh, Supporter of Port and you know and, and be reading stories that Brad Ebert's got these uh, concussion related injuries, knowing that you know the club didn't really help him out in the end there and help him make a decision. Anyway, that's yeah. my position. Fair enough. Uh, Dean Bogan's asked, uh, "How do you feel our kickouts have been in general this year?" Um, uh, probably the same as every other year, which is one note, same old, out, same old. I'd say, yeah, I'd say six out of ten. Yeah. I'd say I mean, four out of ten. But like, we everyone, just do the same thing each every time. There isn't much creativity within the whole AFL would kick out, so really. Mm. You know, so... Yeah, I don't know. We just seem to be... We just seem to pick the same spot every time we have to kick in. Kick it long. Week after week after week. And, uh, you know, it's very, very predictable, I think. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do more fakes, you know, like position to kick right but kick left, you know, and, and have a, a little dummy structure for that fake kick. We uh, mm. It's just safe, you know. Oh, well, there's nothing there in the open. Let's just kick it long to massive numbers. Yeah, It's just safe. The AFL's a very, very safe uh, competition sometimes. It is, yeah. Uh, Charlie Dixon had a great game, as uh, we mentioned before. Kicked four goals, took five marks, three contested marks. Kick goal of the day where he swung around on his left and went back onto his right on the boundary and, and slotted it. He seems to love that spot on the ground, mate. Yeah, he's uh, he's having a purple patch in that spot of the oval. Charlie's pocket, it's good on him. Charlie's I mean, pocket, I'd still like it. him to get the set shots a little bit more often, but um, but hey, you know, he's, Look, he, he, he kicked good. him. He kicked him on the weekend. I was yeah. I was concerned where he had those two shots in short succession, pretty much straight in front. And I thought, oh, you know, I wonder if he's going to miss these, but he didn't. He slotted them, which was nice, and you know, hopefully that gives him some more confidence with his goal kicking uh, towards the end of the season as well. And thankfully, it looks like he's also signed a three-year deal, uh, which is you, fantastic news. Were you happy with the goal kicking of the team overall? Eleven goals, seven. So it's one of the rare times that we have a positive uh, uh, balance on the score sheet. So yeah, I was pretty happy with how they performed. Yeah, especially on a, on a pretty blustery day. Like it was, you know, it didn't feel like it in the stands. But as soon as you got to ground level, it was really windy, really, really windy. And uh, for us to get eleven goals, seven in that sort of condition, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, I mean, look, again, it was a working-class win. Um, you know, you, you could question, you know, Sydney's been competitive in most of their games. Uh, maybe the Hawthorne game, we could have been a little bit better with our result. Um, you know, seeing we've just seen Adelaide, uh, you know, pretty much pump them. But uh, who knows? They were probably a bit fresher, Hawthorne, for us than they were Adelaide. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we got the... We got the the, uh, the result we were looking for. I don't understand the cynicism still from the supporters. Like they, you'd think that we're mid-table. Like you know, the mm. concern that we won't take down North, uh, North Melbourne after they got 
rolled by uh, North Melbourne is just uh, by Gold Coast is just crazy. Like, surely we, we as a supporter base, we have to go into that game confident, you know? And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, we've got a, we've got a, I think we've got a well balanced team. We've got good height. Um, we've got a strong midfield. Maybe there are two question marks for me. Uh, really, do we have enough pace? And and do we have enough height in the, or enough? I'll say enough strength in defence. Mm. So I don't think it's necessarily height. I think it's strength. Do we have enough strength in defence? And I think pace can be an illusion because pace is, can be created just by strong ball use. I think Hawthorne yeah. is showing up that over there their journey that uh, of, of success that yeah pace is an illusion and it's just ball use and decision making that can create speed um so yeah then it's just really comes down to can our defense be strong enough you know especially when they're isolated yeah i, I think our speed's okay i think we've got a lot of you know we're not super quick but we're quick enough especially when we use the ball well as you said and that's what uh, creates the illusion of of pace, as you said, like you know, guys like Amon, Boak, Bonner, Burton, Butters, um, Dersma, uh, Rosie, you know, they, they've got a lot of pace to them. So I think our pace is pretty decent. Strength down back, I think with Burton back, that helps as well because uh, he's another solid body, he's another really good defender. Um, heights the question, especially coming up against Brisbane, that'll be. You know, as we've seen, um, their tolls have uh, really destroyed us pretty consistently over the last sort of two or three seasons. Um, so it's up to us to find a different way to tackle Brisbane if we if we come up against them in the finals. But outside of that, I'm pretty well, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, how we're playing. You know, I don't see why you wouldn't be. You know, we keep winning every week. We're top of the ladder. I don't think anyone really would have thought we'd be top um, no. this year. Or anywhere near if, it. If we beat North Melbourne, top four is pretty much a lock, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I so, think so. Then it comes down to uh, you know whether we're good enough to keep top spot. Yeah, I think we're either going to be top or fourth. That's how yeah. I sort of see it. Look from from how we played against Richmond to how we've played the last two weeks, we're probably going at about sixty percent. Um, so I guess it just depends on. You know, when we do reach finals, if we can go up a notch and really but deliver d- this time, come finals time. Well, to be honest, I'd rather, you know, have Workman-like wins against North Melbourne and Essendon and then finish the season with a, a Richmond-type performance against Collingwood. Um, that would uh, that would give me some reassurance going into finals. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Collingwood game is going to be key. If we put up a really good performance there, I think that's going to be that's going to be really good. I think yeah. uh, I think we have to really. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think uh, it, w- it would be more of an alarm bell for us, I guess, if if we've nailed top spot coming into that Collingwood game and the boys just go in soft, you know, thinking they've got top spot in the bag or something like that. That would be. Yeah. That would probably be the only way I would be disappointed. Outside of losing all three next games, that would be pretty sucky as well. But I, I just mm. don't think that's going to happen. But um, but yeah. So and I guess the only the discussion points are that Ken, I I assume deserves 
a contract extension based on the performance this year? Would it is a, is a deserve it of a one year contract extension or multiple year? Oh, I think he'll definitely get the one year at the moment, and then they'll decide what to do next year. Um, at least I hope that's how they go. <laughs> well, um, what if they what if they threw out a two or three year contract? Well, then it is what it is, and all you can do is look at it on face value. And we've improved this year. We've got a good team, got good youngsters for the future. Um, so yeah, look, we're playing really good footy and. If he gets another contract off the back of that, then good on him. Yeah. Good attitude. That's how it is. That's how it is. Good attitude. Uh, just wanted to comment before we uh, move on. Just on the midfield, I thought um, a lot of our midfielders played really well on the weekend. Ollie Wines was excellent. He's um, he's having a really, really good year. Uh, 22 touches, um, 8 inside, 56 clearances. If it wasn't for Robbie, he would have been best on ground. Pal Pepper was really good once again. He's just... You know, the level of consistency he's shown this year, I didn't think it, he had that in him, um, to be honest. I thought Boke had a really good first half, but fell out of it in the second half. And uh, Rockliffe just did what Rockliffe does and just got the ball and distributed and won the ball in tight and played a really good game. Yep, agreed. I mean, I think that's a good sign for us coming into finals that the midfielders are playing well and they're in form. Yeah, Absolutely it is. And look, Xavier Dersmer as well, I'll mention, um, you know, he came back into the side after a week or two off and, you know, he played one of his better games for the season as well and um, that's what we want to see. Uh, hopefully he's back in form. And Connor came back in, just had the 11 touches, but had a bit of an influence out there with his run as well. So um, good signs, hopefully, for this week against uh, North Melbourne. It cost me by multi, Connor. I had him kicking a goal. Ah, fair enough. Let me down. Fair enough. Right, we've got a couple of questions before we go, and that's the uh, first one from Pepe Silvia, which is, what's more spooky out of ghosts and skeletons? Well, seeing my front room is full of Halloween paraphernalia already, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go the skeleton. The skeleton. Fair enough. Well, I think the skeleton sort of a symbolism of your own mortality, right? You know, a ghost mm. is sort of a, still a fictional character where you can debate yeah. whether they're real or not. But, yeah, skeletons are real, man. We all are one, and uh, they freak me out. Yeah. And AFL 2004, what's your favourite lolly? Uh, that was a good question. I reckon, uh, I have to go back in the day, I would say I was a big fan of the pineapple. The pineapples are good. Pineapples are good. I don't, I don't think I could... You know, I could be here forever. <laughs> Strawberries were I good can't, as well. I can't limit it to one or two. Like, yeah. It just depends on what you feel like. I reckon Jubes would be my absolute favourite, I reckon. Maybe. Um, you know, there's days I feel like must sticks. There's days I feel like racing cars. There's days I feel like, you know, raspberries or Chicos or... Uh, what about know, these teeth? sorts of things. Teeth are good. Teeth are good. Bananas. Uh, not a fan of the banana. I'll what eat them, the, but not a fan. They got a funny texture. What about the fags? The fads? No, they were fags. Fads? Oh, no. I call them fags. They haven't been called fags for bloody 25 years, mate. 30 years. Well, I, I'm a little bit older than you. True. True. Uh, yeah, oh, look, I haven't had them in... I can't even remember the last time I would have had them. 
but probably, I must admit, probably eighteen years ago. It was a great question because it, it brought me back to the memory of walking four hundred meters down the street around the corner to the corner deli, which if you're probably under twenty five, you don't even know what one of those things are anymore. Mm. And I'd have my fifty cents or a dollar, yeah, and I'd. Ask and I'd ask for a dollar of lollies, please, after I begged mum to give me a dollar so I could go get some lollies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'd fill up a, a white paper bag yeah. with a dollar and, uh, yeah, you'd mung out. And, uh, yeah, they were good times. And, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit that's, of a... Uh, that's gone the way of a lot of things, I reckon, the old milk bar, the old deli. It's, uh, yeah. No, I don't it's... really have that anymore. Now you go to bloody on the run or whatever and mobile pick, pick up a pick up a chocolate bar or a pack of Allen's mixed lollies like yeah there was something special about that as a kid going to the old milk bar and... yeah it was like playing footy in the, you know junior footy and you get a every now and again you'd win the bloody uh, well I would because I wasn't that great at it so mm. you get the pizza bar voucher and you know so you'd go to the local pizza bar with your voucher and you know yeah. get the little pizza and stuff walk down there and stuff like that play the arcade games and stuff I guess that's a bit of nostalgia that um you know, we don't have any more in society. Mm. Well, Nick Nat is going to town. <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of nostalgia. Yeah, well, I saw and I saw in the news they're bringing out a uh, a nostalgic uh, bar with the, full of the old time uh, games. Okay, that's going to pop up in the city. Fair enough. That'd be, that'd be right up your alley, I reckon. I reckon it might be. Yeah. I won't steal this as a conversation piece. Maybe. Maybe someone could ask the uh, the question next time. What was uh, what was the favourite arcade game? Mm. That'd be good. I'll, I'll leave that for someone to ask. That's it. All right, mate. On that note, uh, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about the uh, the North Melbourne game upcoming on the weekend. And uh, until then, I guess calm the power. Adios, and wish me well getting through this man flu. You'll live, mate. You'll survive. Pray for me. Pray for Rick. Pray for Rick. Pray for Rick.